Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Good morning. Welcome to our church. Let's all stand up and we're going to worship Jesus. And for those of you that have children, Children's Church has started back this morning. It's its first Sunday back from COVID. So we're really excited about that. And you can just go down out these doors, up the hallway, and um, through past the library, through the doors, and you'll, you'll see it. It's bright colors and it says WLC kids on the wall. So you can feel free to take your kids back there. And then the rest of us, we're going to start worshiping Jesus. Shame is a prison. Lifting me up 
out too? Are you going to follow him out? That's awesome. I'm so excited. Can you guys just turn and greet each other? Just say hi, that you're glad to see people. It's such an honor that we get to be together. <laughs> I love the elbow bumping. <laughs> that works. Did you guys have a good week? So far? We're starting a new one now, so we're good. That's awesome. You guys ready for snow? Oh, that's good. I'm in denial a little, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. That's awesome. Andrew's tuning for the next song, so I'm stalling. Am I doing a good job? <laughs> He's got to tune down on this one, so... You know, we sang this song a couple weeks back. It's still kind of new to us. But, oh, man. How many of you have been rescued by Jesus? Oh, man, I'm so thankful. He stormed my castle. It was awesome. And he still does it. He's so good to us. I just love it when he, he comes in. Sometimes it's quiet, and sometimes it's like a lion. So we get to sing about that this morning. You ready? All right, we're good. Here we go.
crying out from the pit of my despair and there you were in the shadows holding out your hand you met me there and now best for Jesus, right? And I missed that. <laughs> How's that?
If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been crying the same old voice with the same old lies, if you've been trying the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. welcome Jesus in here. Would you guys pray with me? Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Father. Here's your kids. We're here for you. And we know you've been waiting. Father, I just pray that you will come even more into this place. Loose your spirit here. I pray that you will come in and just sweep over and just be thicker than the fog was this morning. Lord, we love you. We want you to know that. We want you to know that. Even in our weaknesses, some of us here are drained and worn out and weak and tired and hurting. But Lord, we know that you cover 
all of those things. Would you give them a sila right now? Just give them some peace. Give them a little break and some rest so they can sit in your spirit. We all want to sit at your feet, Lord. There is nothing better than being in your presence. So take over. Take over us and take over this service and take over this worship time that we have singing to you. And Lord, I pray it'll be honoring to you and that you will move in us. You are good. And we are so thankful that we get to worship you, Jesus. In your name, amen.
love you, Father. Can you just tell him how good he is? Lord, you are good. You are faithful. You are a loving God. And you have chosen your people. And you take care of your people, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, we love you so much. Let's just sing that chorus again. sit down. So I'm going to tell you a couple announcements this morning, and then we're going to pray Pastor Matt in. So this Friday, we have Trunk or Treat. It starts at, oh wait, what time does it start? Five? Yes. Starts at five, goes till seven, and then we have the movie. Don't forget you have the little Outside, you can pick up the little um, coasters. You can put them on a pumpkin to deliver to a neighbor or a friend, and then they can have a pumpkin for the fall season as well as be invited. So the movie starts at 7.30. There's a concessions stand that has um, pizza and soda and cotton candy and popcorn. It's going to be really fun evening. So we really look forward to seeing everybody there. You can stay in your cars and stay warm during the movie because you'll be able to tune in on your radio. So we're excited about that. And then, let's see here. We have Children's Church. I already announced it, but just in case somebody came in late, if you have kids, we do have Children's Church down the hallway here up through sixth grade. So you guys can um, take your kids there. We're excited that, that McKenzie's got that up and running, and we're back from COVID with that. And then, let's see here. We've got, um, there's a basket in the back by the sound booth. It's... Um, Eric and Jerry asked for this announcement to be made that um, you're aware of it. There's a ministry appreciation basket that you can put cards and things in back there. So that's sitting back there for you. If you have any questions, you can ask them. And then we also have a new prayer night that is starting on Tuesday, starting November 10th. It will be in 
here in the worship center, and it will be from 6 to 7, and we really want to fill this place up with God's people, and we want to all be praying together. And so we encourage you to come. It'll be kind of directed prayer. We'll just, we'll tell you, you know, pray for our neighbors, pray for our church leadership, pray for our community, our community leadership, different things every week. But we want to be a house of prayer. And we really want to encourage you all to come out. It's only for an hour on Tuesday night, starting November 10th. So we really hope that you can be there. The other thing that we wanted to make sure that you're aware of is we have um, begun construction on the porch, on the parsonage. Um, that's the stairs that were going up there on the porch were really rickety and pretty dangerous, and there's a lot of ministry that happens over there. So we're in the process of doing that. So far, we've raised about $2,400, and we need about 2000 more to finish that. That way people can, can get in, and Pastor Matt doesn't have to jump anymore. I'm joking. <laughs> so if you would like to contribute to that, please um, feel free to do that. We also have the new offering box that's out in the foyer. And then we also have offering plates along the back that you can see on all the tables. And then let's go to prayer. And then we will have Pastor Matt bring us the word. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for time spent with you. Thank you for the sweetness of your spirit. And thank you for being here in your fragrance filling this room. Lord, I pray for Pastor Matt right now. Would you descend on him? Would you anoint him freshly to bring us your word? And Lord, would you open our hearts up and give us teachable hearts and let us choose to put everything else off to the side and forget about it for now so that we can draw closer to you, so you can transform us, and so you can teach your people through Pastor Matt. Lord, surround this place with protection and then come in and do your work. Do what you do best and be with your people. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. One quick thing I want to share, just one correction to the announcements this morning. Uh, we actually, with our, our prayer time, we want to, uh, we're moving that a little bit further ahead. Uh, we're going to just kind of kick it off at the beginning of the year with all the holidays and everything happening. We wanted to make sure that that became a routine and it's not something that we do for once or twice and then uh, not do. So I, I you know, just remember the second week, actually, it starts the second week of January for our prayer, prayer nights here and prayer evenings on Tuesday nights. Good to see each of you here together. Thank you for being here. I know it's cold, but this is Colorado, right? I mean... And we have a little snow. I don't think that should scare us off, right? So we're glad to be here together. And for you, those of you who are online streaming, thank you for being with us today. Um, I have a, a, a few things that I just want to share that I just think are just great that have been going on and happening in our midst. Number one, of course, you heard our children's church is up and going. We're trying to get things back uh, as close as we can to normal. Um, but also, I just want to share some big news that uh, uh, Tim Parkey has shared with us this past week. We are finally um, starting to, uh, being able to jump through or get through some of the hurdles that we've had with you know, the city and, and, and with the county and the state in regards to our kitchens. So things are in progress, and, they, and he is working hard. But I'm just telling you this to say that finally uh, things are starting to open up so that we can make more progress and get that done. So we're glad for that. And, uh, and also, I want to let you know that our core values, thank you for filling out all the 
the information that we had throughout the week. Um, I, I got some more of your, uh, your forms and assessments, so to speak, uh, through the week uh, about our core values. We're going to get that compiled and put all together, have that back to you and the results to you very soon. So um, before um, I go very, very much longer, I want to also encourage you today uh, if you haven't done so already, you need to vote. If, if you haven't done so already, you need to vote. And I'm not telling you who to vote for. We are not endorsing a certain candidate, but here's what I am going to say to you. I'm going to say you need to take your Bible and you need to put it up against the platform of each candidate and whichever one closely, it's the closest to what Scripture says and to what our Lord Jesus has exampled for us, please vote for that individual. Uh, it's important. Uh, it would be surprising to you, and I forget the exact statistics, so I'm not going to try to take a stab at it, but it was surprising to me when I read how many people who are Christians and who go to church regularly just don't vote. There's some major things on the ballot that are out there right now uh, in regards to abortion, in regards to, obviously, the future and the direction of our, of, our, of our country, as well as things that will directly affect us as churches. So I ask you again, please, Woodland Life, please vote. Okay? All right. Thank you. Well, um, I, I'm going to... Just take a little bit of a break. I'm going to ask if you could go ahead and just turn off the, the uh, streaming. For those of you, both, before you turn off the streaming, I want to tell you we will be back in just about five minutes. And you can right now go take a bathroom break if you're at home and all that. And, or if you want to go uh, call Uber Eats and get something from the cafe, uh, Nancy will take care of that for you. <laughs> and so she's waving at me. We'll be right back. Just give me just a few minutes.
Amen. Amen. Okay, let's, uh, you can bring them back on. Let's go ahead and let's start this morning with a word of prayer together. And, uh, and we're going to get back into James chapter 4. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you, God, for how you have uh, just carried us through. We, thankful, we are thankful, Lord, that you have kept us well. And we thank you, God, that you've given us wisdom and strength from above. Lord, I pray your continued blessing upon this church because, Lord, we want to be blessed by you so that we can continue to be a blessing to our community. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, James chapter 4, we're continuing today actually in verse uh, 13. And, uh, and today's sermon is called, um, You Never Know What Tomorrow might bring you never know what tomorrow holds but god knows god knows and so uh, you we've all kind of been in this this place where we have at times you know made plans and and done things and said you know what you know i think you know tomorrow i'm i'm going to be doing such and such i'm going to be doing this and that or i'm going to be doing the other but you never know what tomorrow actually Holds. And James begins in verse 13, and if you're, by the way, uh, paying real close attention, you're probably thinking, you know what, you skipped one section there about judgment. We did speak about judgment earlier, and so you can look back about three or four uh, sermons ago and find that there. But, uh, but today we're going to continue on verse 13. And it says, James says, now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. And, and we've all been there. We've all been the ones who have said, you know, I, I think I know exactly what I'm going to do tomorrow. As a matter of fact, if you're like me, you probably have a calendar and you've probably written down on your calendar, oh, this is what my plan is for tomorrow. Some of us are maybe planning to sleep in because we're planning on a lot of snow or who knows what may happen, but... James is beginning by saying, do you really, kind of pointing to us, do you really know what is going to be around the bend? Do you really know what's going to happen? And if you think you do, have you consulted the Lord about that? I remember four years ago, um, when we're speaking about you never know what tomorrow holds, four years ago, almost to this date, we were three weeks out also from a presidential election. It was 2016. Hillary Clinton was feeling extremely comfortable with a 12-point lead, according to the polls. The New York Times Upshot blog gave Hillary Clinton a 91% chance of winning. The Huffington Post had her at 98%. And beyond that, the Princeton Election Consortium had results, excuse me, had the results as almost an inevitability at 99%. You never know what tomorrow holds. <laughs> Manhattan's Javits Center which was the venue which would fill, be filled with Hillary's aides and her donors and friends and well-wishers over the course of the day. It was chosen in large part because of a very distinctive feature. It was a glass ceiling, and almost everyone believed that that glass ceiling would be uh, just kind of crushed under her feet, so to speak, laying shattered under Hillary by the end of the night. 
And as the polls closed, Americans left work and they gathered together and they tried to watch some results pouring in. Panelists from all over the networks were talking about it, all these talking heads on all the news agencies. They had been preparing for the last 18 months, and they all began by explaining how incredibly difficult it's going to be for, President, or for, or for Donald Trump to win the election at all. And as the upholsters reminded the people throughout the night, in order for him to win, he was going to have to win Florida. And, and there's just no way he's going to win Florida. But if he did happen to win Florida, they said, well, there's going to be this thing called the Blue Fire wall and that was wisconsin michigan and pennsylvania there's no way no one's won that since 19 no republicans won that since 1988 it's not going to happen clinton supporters were hopeful of this landslide victory and the, and the demographics of our nation have changed and and so because of that they thought surely we're going to win but soon the results came in from florida Trump, against all expectations, won that state, which sent pundits and analysts and the pollsters and all the people who were speaking on the news into this head spin, trying to come up with how in the world did this happen, and they tried to calculate, well, okay, that happened, but so here's what's going to have to happen for Hillary to win now, and, and this is her path to victory, and, and the New York Times upshot had created this interactive that showed the candidate that was most likely to win, and they had this meter that, that changed in real time according to who was winning and who they felt was actually inevitably going to take the evening. And at the start of the day, it started with 91% chance with Hillary Clinton winning, but now it had Trump as the most likely victor. The Hilton Marriott in Manhattan were... Trump supporters were holding their party, erupted in joy when they kind of saw what was going on. And, and then across town, the Javits Center was getting quiet and silent. And even as Katy Perry, who was intended to just begin her songs and have this jubilant uh, concert, the, the music fell flat. No one was in the mood. Everyone was glued to what was happening in our nation the attention turned to the Rust Belt, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. A combination of these states was Clinton's only way of winning. Pennsylvania came in and the results, and it wasn't good news for the Hillary camp. Trump took the state, and now the New York Times upshot meter had Trump as the victor by 95%. It wasn't long before Trump became the first Republican since 1988 to win Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And I want to tell you, just like James is telling you, you never know what tomorrow may hold. Everyone might say, well, your day tomorrow is going to look like this, or your day tomorrow is going to look like that. You never know what tomorrow may hold, because when it comes right down to it, the only one who holds the keys and the knowledge of tomorrow is our God. This wasn't the first time this has happened, by the way. <laughs> it happened many years ago as well. The media got it all wrong with, this is Truman, who is actually... Uh, in his victory celebration, holding up the media's, the newspaper, saying, oh, Dewey defeats Truman, and guess what? He was the one who got the last laugh. <laughs> oh, you never know what tomorrow holds. 
And it goes to show us that what James has revealed in this letter to you and me 2,000 years ago is just as applicable, it's just as true for today as it ever was. You never know what tomorrow holds, but I want you to know that God does. God knows what tomorrow holds. First of all, as we read verse 13 in James chapter 4, it reminds me of something. I want you to hear it again, though, before we go there. It says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. I, I want you to just think of yourself, I mean, as a business person, or, or you know, as even as going to college, or even making plans for your future, or investments. You look at this, and you're thinking, okay, well, I, and I looked at this, and I thought, oh, what's wrong with that? What's, what's wrong with asking? What's wrong with making those kind of plans? As a matter of fact, we're told in Scripture, you know, that you need to plan I mean, we, we're told even by you know, the, the, uh, uh, Solomon, you know, look, at the, look at the ants. Even they are preparing for the future. Preparing for the future is not so much the issue. It's more the issue of knowing who is in charge. You're not in charge. I have to remind myself, Matt, I'm not in charge. I mean, even here, I may be the pastor, but I'm not in charge. Amen? But someone is. And I better follow after him, and I better be looking at and, and seeking him in the midst of it all. That much of this book is about you aligning your free will with the, the faith you profess. I don't ever want you to think that you or I are in charge here. As a matter of fact, this is God. This is God's world. There was a song that we used to sing, This is my father's world. I don't know if any of you have heard that before, but it's this great song, and it's a reminder to us through the whole thing is, this, is that he is the one who holds the future in our hands. In his hands, excuse me. I was preparing last night for today's service, and I thought we were going to have church today, and I get a text at 7.30, and it said, uh, since we're not having church, or basically kind of, since we're doing just streaming tomorrow, I was like, whoa, wait a second, I didn't know we're just doing streaming tomorrow, and, and, and as I'm going over the sermon, I got the text, as soon as I got the, finished with the text, and I text back, no, we're having, we're having service tomorrow, and, and I got a call, hey, uh, pastor, I, I just wanted to hear from the horse's mouth, I'm the horse, by the way, and so uh, he said, he said, I I just want to make sure that we're having church tomorrow. And say, yeah, we're having church tomorrow. And it was, it was kind of funny. Me and God just kind of had a chuckle because I was, here I was preparing for this. And God's saying, see, Matt, you don't even know if you're having church tomorrow. <laughs> uh, mm. I have to be careful. Maybe none of you do, but I have to be careful because I don't want to get in God's way. And, and while we do have responsibilities, and while James is consistently saying to us, you know what, your faith ought to be evidenced in your action, we need to make sure that that is the case. But with that being the case, I just want you to know that... 
in the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the one who is in control of this day and every day. I ask you, Lord, as I even prepare and as I come, we come together, Lord, help me not to be Help me not to be proud. Help me not to be arrogant. Help me, Lord, to make sure that before I make any step, before I say any word, that I am always seeking after you in the midst of it. Because some of us can be really quick to say, this is who I am. This is my position. There was a DEA officer who stopped at a ranch in Texas, and, and he was talking with the rancher, and he, he told that rancher, he said, I need to inspect your ranch, he said, because uh, I, I'm checking to make sure that there's no illegally grown drugs here. <laughs> and the rancher said, okay, but don't go into that field over there, as he pointed out that location. And the officer, that DEA officer, he said, uh, it really, he didn't even just say it, he just exploded. And he said to him, he said, sir, I have the authority of the federal government with me. And he reached into his rear pants pocket and he pulls out his badge and he proudly displays it to the rancher. And he says, do you see this badge? This badge means I'm allowed to go wherever I wish on any land. No questions asked, no answers given. Have I made myself clear to you? Do you understand? And the rancher just kind of stepped back for a, a moment. And he just nod, nodded politely, and he said, yes, sir, I do. And he apologized, and he went about his chores. Short time later, the rancher heard loud screams, and he looked up, and he saw this DEA officer running for his life. He's being chased by the rancher's big, big, angry bull. And with every step, the bull was gaining ground on the officer, and it seemed likely that he was not going to make it to the end before he got gored by this huge bull. And the officer was clearly terrified, running for his life. The rancher threw down his tools. He ran to the fence, and he yelled to the officer at the top of his lungs, Your badge! Show him your badge! <laughs> We think we're in charge. We think we know. We nonchalantly talk about our lives as if we have it all under control. But I want you to remember, church, just like James is telling you, only God knows. Amen? Shouldn't we consult him? Shouldn't we consult the Lord? Before we take the steps, in even the days, it says in verse 14, and let's read together there in verse 14, if you have your Bible, it says, why do you, why, why do you not even, excuse me, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist, mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Even the days of our life, even the days of my life are counted, verse 14 is saying, and the only one who knows my final day is God himself. And, and here's the thing, I got up this morning and I walked outside, and I don't know about you, but when I took my first breath of air, just this cold air enters my lungs, and as it exhaled, I see this mist that comes out for me. Try to catch that one time. Try to just bottle it if you can. You can't. And, and what James is saying is that's what our life is like. It's a mist. It goes so quickly. Shouldn't we obey and consult the one who knows our days? Shouldn't we obey and consult him? 
I remember my first experience with this when I was at a church in Goodland, and, and there was a man there. He's 80 years old, strong, in great health, a farmer, still farming 160 acres of land. It was kind of a hobby for him. He had sold, or leased, excuse me, most of the rest of his land for other farmers to use. But he was in great, I mean, he was, he was always up and active and doing great. And I remember the Sunday I saw him, his name's Marvin. I was like, hey, Marvin, how are you doing? He's tall and thin and, and uh, doing good. And we talked about his plans for the week. And I get a call later on that day. His wife, her name is Lou, she, she found Marvin. He had just sat down next to the large rear wheel of his tractor, and he had passed away. She said just like he would have wanted to, kind of in the saddle, so to speak, doing what he loved. But I would have never, ever dreamed. I just saw him. He, he's doing well. I, there's no way. I know that, that that couldn't have happened. And, and you know, as, as a young pastor, and I, it was my first funeral, and I just remember, I just broke down. I, Lord, how could this happen? Such a great guy. Um, and I was reminded in the midst of that time, you know what, Matt? It was, it was time for me to call him home. And that our God is in charge of our days, whether you realize it or not. So we should consult him. We need to consult the Lord. And we need to obey that number, it should be number two, but it says you're not in charge. That was our first point. But the second point is consult the Lord first and obey. And read verse 15 there with us. I'll thank you. Thank you very much. So it says instead, in James 4.15, it says instead you ought to say, and after he's just talked about, you know, our life is a mist and you're making plans for tomorrow. In, in verse 15, it says instead you ought to say, it is, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So he starts with this contrast in verse 13 where he says, now listen, those of you who say today or tomorrow, you're going to do this or that or the other. By the way, that's all of us. He says instead of saying that in verse 15, you need to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will do this or do that. And I'm reminded that man, we, we can show arrogance, at least the Lord's revealing to me anyway, that I can show arrogance when I begin to make plans and I don't consult the Lord first. When we were in Kansas before we came here just, just a couple years ago, we Jackie and I sensed the craziest thing that God was moving in our lives in regards to. We sensed that the house that we had was a nice home. We, we loved it, you know, nice yard, and, and, and it, was, it, was a, it was a beautiful place. But we're sensing God saying, you need to sell your home. We're looking at each other like, well, this is kind of crazy. But, so I talked to my mentor, and I talked to others, and they said, well, you've know, you got to do what God is sharing with you to do, and just go ahead. and So we did. We put it on the market. I mean, it sold just like that, which was a surprise kind of in the area that we were in, unlike here where things usually sell that quickly, not the way that it was there. And I remember that I, I was talking to my mentor about that after we had moved out and moved into a camper, and my family thought that we were crazy, and pretty much everybody in my church did as well. And, uh, and I remember my mentor saying, Matt, he said, I haven't told you this, 
but I think God is preparing you for a move. And I said, no. I said, actually, because what we had sensed, we thought what the Lord was, was doing was helping us to have more money to give back to the church with, with this way and, and also helping us in preparing for our future in other directions. But, but not that. That was not what we were pl- planning to do. He said to me, he said, Matt, when I was the executive pastor at Colorado Springs First Church, he said, I sold my house one year ahead of when I made a move. And he said, and but all we knew was that God wanted us to sell our house. And if you knew this guy, his name's Dave Ramsey, not the financial guy, another Dave Ramsey. And, he, and he's very proper. He's just very put together and, and very successful in his life. And, and he said, we lived in an apartment with two camping chairs, a, a TV, some TV trays, and a bed. And he said, we did that for a year. He said, we didn't do any. He said, I just was waiting. And he said, I have this sense, Matt, that you are in God's waiting room. Have you ever been in God's waiting room? <laughs> it's not always easy. But I thought, well, we're going in a different direction. That sounds fine, but we're going in a different direction. No, Matt, you need to consider and continue to obey, but be open to what God. Next thing I know, uh, eight months later, I, here we were, and I get a call, and I get that call from our district superintendent. Hey, there's this church in Woodland Park. Would you be interested? Uh, no, we're, we're doing good. I think everything's fine. Uh, well, Matt, don't you think you should consult the Lord? And, and, and I felt embarrassed, quite honestly, as I was talking to him about that. I said, yes, I will pray. And so I got out of my vehicle, because that's where I was talking, is in my, in my truck, and I went over to Jackie and told her, and we began to pray. You see, you never know what tomorrow holds, but you need to consult and obey the one who does. This week I watched the presidential debate, as many of you probably did as well. And I thought to myself, if we would have heard one of these candidates say, you know, I've been consulting Jesus, wouldn't that have been a showstopper? (laughs) I mean, wouldn't that have been awesome to hear? I don't, from our vice president, I'm not not making judgments on who... I'm just saying, wouldn't it have been great from the stage? I've been consulting our God. I want you to know I'm far from a perfect pastor, and you already know that um, (laughs) all too well. But I consult the one who I know is in charge for this church. And when I hear the Lord speaking, I want to be just like James reminds us to be. I want to be the one who actually acts on it. And in verse 16, we'll start there in verse 16, actually, before we get to 17. He says, and after he says, if instead of saying, you know, tomorrow or this day or whatever, I'm going to do whatever I feel that I need to do, and I'm going to make some money here, do some business there. He says, instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. When God speaks to us, we need to act on it. 
When God speaks to us, we need to act on it. I, I find this portion of Scripture, and it's, it's, it's convicting for me. Because this is also called the sin of omission or the sin of neglect at times. And here's what basically James is saying is you think maybe you're in control, but now I hope you understand that you're not in control. And when you consult the Lord and when the Lord reveals something to you, if you neglect to do it, if you omit that from your life, if you're like, God, that sounds good, but this is the way I'm going to go. Sorry, I'm doing my own thing still. Then guess what? You knowing the good that you ought to do, it's going to be sin for you if you walk away from that. I know it's... It's not politically correct to talk about sin anymore. But if it's in here, I'm talking about it. And so here's the deal. Is we need to be so careful, church. We need to be careful that when God speaks to us in a real and a strong way, that we follow through by obeying him. Some of you may have thought of this before, but I look at our country and I want to see more leaders consulting our God. And I look at our country and I think, you know, I, I believe that we have enough churches still here in America and enough Christians in America that even though that we, we, we may see some things going in directions that we never thought that they would go in our world, we see sin happening and being called correct and right and good that we never thought that we would see or hear in our world and in our time. But there are enough of us, I believe, that are still listening to Jesus. As a matter of fact, I think there are at least 12 here, but I believe there's more that are still listening to Jesus. And if we listen to Jesus and we act on it, I believe that if God would change the course of history, even for one righteous man in years past, oh, surely he will hear our cries. Surely, once we obey God can intervene. But in our day, I hear a lot of us, and I would be lying if I said I wasn't one, who may be concerned, who may be living in fear, who may be uh, worried about tomorrow. And, and some, you know, you know you, you, we, folks say, you know, well, we're, even with wearing the mask, that's a, that's a matter of fear. By the way, you, we, if you wear a mask, that's fine. If you don't wear a mask, we're not going to kick you out, of course. You know, just the ones here are paid staff, and the ones here are like myself, and the ones who are representing our church, we need to do the, the right thing uh, by uh, the ones who are sharing with us the rules that need to be followed. But the rest of you, you know, we, I'm not... I'm not living in fear. But there are times when I do worry. 
and I knew I shouldn't. And I'm reading this, and I'm preparing, and I'm thinking, maybe, Matt, you should quit worrying about tomorrow and consult and obey God today. Jesus puts it like this in Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Can you just, we'll just stop there. Just seek the kingdom of God above all else. I just want to say that. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And there may come a day, church, where we find ourselves in a place like our brothers and sisters have in other countries where they are in a place where they're, they're having to choose, am I going to obey God or am I going to obey man? They, we may find ourselves in a place where, where we are seeing you know, things happening in our world where you know, the government is intruding in some ways, but right now, thank God, it's not gotten that bad. But I want to remind you that even if that happens, our job is still the same then as it is today, and that is to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and our God will give us everything we need. We do not need to fear because we have a God who holds tomorrow in his hands. And so we, as a church, even though we may see things that we're like, I don't, I don't understand, and I don't like this, and it's not, a, it's not comfortable, and it's not what I'm used to, I get it. But guess what? God knew today was going to happen, and he knows what's going to happen tomorrow, and I'm going to hold his hand through it all. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. A missionary who I heard speaking had went to an Asian country. I won't say where it's at because uh, it's one of those countries where actually we're kind of not supposed to be in, but, but we are, thank the Lord. He's hoping ways. And he was speaking, and he had actually been taken and put into a trunk of a, excuse me, the back seat of the car, and, and he, they put a, a mask over his face and, and, and so that he didn't know where he was going because if he got uh, uh, questioned, he could honestly then say, I didn't know where we went. I don't know how we got there. But they put him in the car. They drove and they drove and they drove, and he ended up at this house meeting where there's just a, you know, just a, a group of people inside the house kind of huddled just just under candlelight so it didn't look like anything was going on and he said and we just stayed there for hours and we read the bible and we prayed and he said and they were asking me all these questions because i'm from america and he said and they just look at still look at america as you know the 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 you know, just the, this shy of heaven i mean they just feel that america is god's country and and he said and so they are looking to me for all the answers and he said at one point in the midst of it all he said earlier in the day he had gotten a text asking for prayer from his staff and he shared that prayer request because they asked him what can we pray for your church about well let me tell you and he shared the prayer request and he said they started to laugh <laughs> and and they thought he was joking because the prayer request was this he said people in his church were fighting over what color the nursery was going to be would you please pray about that and he said you know as it just came out of my mouth i just i didn't even I didn't even think about, you know, even the, these people's context as I'm sharing this. And he said, but when they realized that I was telling the truth and I wasn't joking, he said, tears began to flow. 
And they began to pray and pray fervently. And he said, and then I came under this um, crazy conviction. He said, you know what? He said, I was thinking, how in the world can I even worry about such crazy little things when these people are, I mean, they are literally putting their life on the line. He said, and then after that, they began to open up even more. And they said, I lost my business because I claimed Jesus was my savior. I lost my whole family. They've shunned me because I told them that Jesus was my savior. And he went through, he said, they went around and around and around. And he said, but here was the great thing is he said, I was in the middle of a group of people teaching me. They were looking to me to teach them, but they were teaching me what it means to seek the kingdom of God first above everything else. And I want to tell you, church, that no matter what happens, no matter what goes on, whatever happens with our election, whatever happens with mandates or anything else, this church, at least by God helping me to be your pastor, we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So when I say that, then I'm reminded of these words in verse 34 again. That this is from Jesus himself. Don't worry about tomorrow, church. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what the pundits say. Don't worry about what the press is saying. Don't worry about what your neighbors are saying. Or don't even worry about what I'm saying. <laughs> Here's what I'm telling you. Trust in God. He's the one who holds our tomorrow. And you know what? It's happened over and over again where we think, ah, oh, it's going to be like this. And God does something different. And the day looks so much different than we ever planned. Ah, oh, church, prepare. Yes, prepare. We need to be on guard. It says be on guard because the enemy is always there waiting. He's like a roaring lion trying to devour us. And we need to be in prayer. We need to be in Scripture. That's one of the reasons why as we're starting into this new year of 2021 that Kathy and her prayer team, they're going to be leading us into, you know, every other week we want to be here in this place praying before the Lord. But you don't have to wait till then. Begin now. Go into your closet, as it says, your private place in Scripture. Begin now and pray and consult and obey uh, it's one thing to pray, and it's one thing to say, God, I, I want to hear from you, but it's a whole other thing to obey in anticipation of tomorrow. But here's what I'm going to tell you, church. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. I'm asking you, and I'm just telling you what Jesus is saying. I'm just relaying the message to you. Trust in the one who holds tomorrow in your hands. I want to ask our, our worship team, if you come on up. And, but... As we close today, there may be some of you. Oh, and I. Just realized I don't have my strap, but I'm going to make this work one way or the other. <laughs> there may be some who may be feeling worried about our next days, our tomorrows. But I want to tell you and remind you, church, that Jesus holds them in his hands. If you would stand with me as we get to sing, thank you.
Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask right now, even in the midst of singing a song, that your spirit, it comes in ways that we maybe never even expect. We ask God that you would just do a great thing in giving us the confidence and the courage that maybe we haven't had for quite a while. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Father, it has been good to be in your presence today. And it's good, Lord, to know the promise that our tomorrows are held in your hands. God, give us the confidence and give us the courage and the strength to place our trust right there in the midst of who you are and to act on and obey and be happy knowing, God, that regardless of what's going on around us, that we are free in you. And when we've been made free in you, Jesus, we are free indeed. So today, we give you thanks for our tomorrows, and we thank you, God, for the victory we have in you, Jesus. And together we say, amen. Amen. It's been good to see you today. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. If you want to speak with uh, me afterwards, or, or if you're new here today, I'd love to meet with you. I'll be right over here to my left. You're right. God bless. We are, you're dismissed in God's graces.